Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. And on today's show, previewing Broncos Bills Week 15 at Empower Field, a Saturday matchup. So a short week for the Broncos as they prepare for the Red Hot Bills who sit atop the AFC East and are trying to win their first divisional crown since 95, coming off a win over the Steelers in prime time. So we're going to be talking about the Broncos' overall health. Hey, knock, knock. They're pretty healthy, at least this week, relative terms. Looking at a new kicker with Brandon McManus likely sidelined due to COVID protocols. Locks Carolina game, a career high. Can he build off of that? And then looking at some of the keys to the matchup on Saturday. So again, the First Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Head to sportsbetting.com slash post for a new player offer for 100% risk-free week of betting up to $1,000. So Ryan, top of the show, we'll start off with the health. And yes, Graham Glasgow still has the foot that may or may not keep him out of this week's game. But beyond that, relatively no new injuries cropping up for the Broncos this week. Yeah, and I think, Kyle, that's a better way to put it. Uh, you know, I was at a practice Thursday, and I checked off all 53 names. But this time of year, if you're hurt, you're probably on IR. Uh, but, the, you know, the men they have available should be ready to go. Uh, you know, Phil Lindsay, questionable. Melvin Gordon, Graham Glasgow, Trey Marshall, all questionable. Usually that means they, they should be able to go. Glasgow missed last week's game, that foot injury. Uh, but... You, know, you lose you lose your quarterback depth. You had very little to start with, so they're going to be rolling with uh, you know some some backups and some guys who weren't even here. So, but uh, overall, you know, on offense feels like they're pretty decent shape health wise, and then also up front on defense. But the kicking position uh, that's the flare up for this week for the Broncos, and that's coronavirus related. Of course, Brandon McManus tweeting on Monday that he had had a COVID contact outside of the Broncos facility but he expected to play on Saturday. Now, of course, the NFL mandates a five-day quarantine for those close contacts. Uh, And based off what Vic said today, Ryan, it seemed like there's some discrepancy between when Brandon thought the clock should have started on those five days and when the league thought it should have started because Brandon, obviously under the impression he can play on Saturday earlier in the week. Well, today Vic says, no, he can't play, but if it had been a Sunday game, he could have played. So Broncos now turning to backup kicker Taylor Russolino. Yeah, and the McManus thing is interesting because just looking at it from what the league is probably thinking, it's one thing to tweet out. Uh, that you're a close contact, you're going on the COVID list Monday afternoon. But my guess is the five-day clock starts at midnight of Tuesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so Vic is accurate there uh, in terms of saying if this was a Sunday game. And uh, you know, this is why after the quarterback debacle, they brought in the quarantine kicker, who, we, who I had not physically seen until Thursday when he was at practice. He'd been kept away. Tom McMahon had been the only coach meeting with him, but you wrote about uh, the kicking situation online at DenverPost.com. What did Tom McMahon have to say about you know how, how this kicker came to his attention? Yeah, Ryan. Well, he got a call from ex-Indianapolis kicker Pat McAfee. And obviously McAfee known for his podcast and uh, his big hits while he was a kicker. But also apparently a good eye for talent, too. He saw Taylor kicking in the XFL in a game that he was calling 
and gave Tom a call and said, hey, keep your eye on this guy. Well, you know, November, December rolled around. Like you mentioned, Ryan, the Broncos say, hey, we don't want to be in a situation where we don't have a bonafide kicker going into a game. Well, they signed Taylor. And Russelino uh, is a guy that is not only the backup kicker to McManus, he's also the backup punter, which is what McMahon really liked about his, his versatility there and the fact that he could back up both roles. As you mentioned also, Ryan, he hasn't been around the team basically at all since he was signed uh, December 7th, I believe. So Vic Fangio got his first look at him yesterday, but he, he seemed to give him a vote of confidence. And uh, recently, you know, this is a guy who's not only kicked in the XFL where he was 9-10 to last season, had a league-high 58-yard field goal. Uh, in addition to that, he's played in the AFL, the CFL, and in, professionally in China for a brief time. So long, long journey, and it seems like it's going to culminate with his NFL debut this Saturday in some unlikely circumstances, but props to Taylor nonetheless. Yeah, and this could be interesting to see what they think his range is, you know, and what do they do on kickoffs, and, you know, what's the long snapper and holder operation like, because they had not worked together until uh, midweek. So, uh, you know, just another abnormal situation to deal with. And, you know, McManus is now going to have to stew for another week over his two missed extra points. You know, he had only four in his career before last Sunday that misses his first two and never missed two in a game. So, um, so you get you get the temporary kicker in there. A couple weeks after, you have the temporary quarterback. Uh, and you have a couple of temporary quarters. So uh, that's, it's just one of those years for the Broncos. But, uh it will be interesting to see how this guy kicks off and, and how, how long they trust them in terms of the field goal. Yeah, we'll get to the corners and the depleted secondary here in a second. But like you mentioned, the, the field goal length, and I asked Tom McMahon specifically about that, Ryan. You know, I was like, hey, obviously McManus has been pretty solid from back there this year, 8 of 10 on 50 plus. Those eight makes are a franchise single season record and tied for the NFL lead in that category this season. So he's been. Uh, elite basically in that category do you trust taylor to to trot out there from 50 plus and tom said yes now come saturday in a crucial situation will the broncos back that up we'll see how how much confidence they have in him again this is the first orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com sportsbetting.com slash post for a new player offer for a hundred percent risk-free week of betting up to one thousand dollars and give them a follow on twitter at we sports betting so on to the next segment of the show before we talk about the defense and, and the matchups there with Josh Allen against Ojemudia and Bosby. How about Drew Locke coming off that four touchdown game, 149.5 rating, third highest rating in a single Broncos game in franchise history, behind a couple guys named Elway and Manning. So not bad company. Now, can he build on that? Can he build on all the check downs and all the taking the little things and have another big performance against a much better defense and a guy, Tredavious White, who's an all-pro out there at cornerback for the Bills. Yeah, it's another big game for Drew Locke because now, now the challenge is can you stack two good ones together. And this, they're, you know, they're an underdog. We'll get to that a little later. And, you know, some some people were saying, well, this was a big, you know, check down game. But what I liked about Pat Trimmer's game plan, to flip the, flip the other side of it is, some of those short passes were designed, like those screen passes. So those were in the game plan. You saw that as some empty calorie yards, which is a good thing in the middle of the game. But I think that's I think it was uh, a uh, you know a lock shrub or breakthrough, so to speak. And 
and, and uh, but I expect that to continue with the screen game, some tight end stuff, shorter passes, maybe some wheel routes with the running backs, and then you mix in some of those where you do check it down. Um, so I think it was a step over lock going against the Buffalo defense that has a good safety employer, 104 tackles, uh, you know, two interceptions. And then Tredavious White, as you mentioned, one of the top one of the top cover corners in the league, he has three interceptions. So this is a, a stout Buffalo defense. And, uh, and, and if you're Drew now, you see, hey, team's an underdog, you're at home. You know, so let's, let's be aggressive, but also play within yourself. Sounds like an oxymoron. First and Orange Podcast, sponsored by SportsBetting.com. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. We're talking Broncos, Bills, Week 15 in the NFL. And speaking of sports betting, Denver once again an underdog in their own stadium, this time by six points. Ryan, thoughts on that line from your gambling perspective and any of the other lines across Week 15 in the NFL? Right, um, you know, it's a ten and three team coming into an empty home stadium against a four and eight, uh, a five and eight team. Excuse me. So, uh, you know, and I like that. I like that. Uh, you know, if I had to put a couple bucks, I'd probably put it on Buffalo recover. And you know, elsewhere in the league, you know, like the prime, the the uh, marquee matchup this week is Kansas City at New Orleans. Kansas City is a three point road favorite. This was a regular year and the Superdome was packed. I'd probably flip that the other way and make the Saints a three point favorite, but case of hell, most likely get another start. But I just don't think this Chiefs offense, which in turn the Chiefs team is going to be uh, stopped by the Saints. Uh, another interesting game, I'll give you two more. The winless Jets are getting 17 and a half at the Rams. Wow. A longer week after their Thursday game. I think the Rams cover that. Uh, and, uh, and then the other game that was interesting to me is a team that's on the rolls, Washington. Uh, they host Seattle. Maybe Dwayne Haskins starts for the Washington team. And Seattle's a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. I think Seattle wins outright, but I don't think they're going to be able to cover that spread because the Redskins are really playing. Got to put a dollar in the five. <laughs> the Washington, the cut, Washington cut. football team. Is a uh, is playing really good on defense right now, so I think they will keep it close. But Seattle will win. That's Ryan O'Halloran with some gambling analysis here on the First Norwich Podcast, sponsored by SportsBetting.com. The best price on the Broncos point spread anywhere. Give them a follow on Twitter at We Sports Betting. On to the next segment of the show here. We alluded to it earlier, but Denver they've lost five cornerbacks in the last couple weeks, one by suspension, A.J. Boye, six games for performance-enhancing drugs, other four by injuries, and not, not a good time for that, especially with the Bills coming in and Allen and Stephon Diggs, third-ranked receiver in the NFL in terms of receiving yards, and a pretty dang good number two threat in Cole Beasley as well. So they got their hands full with that, and Ryan, it's going to be a tall task for Michael Ojemudier and Devonte Bosby to step up here as they've been they've been getting the chance especially over these last three games they're going to have a chance to kind of show what they got but this is a tall tall task yeah this is a, they're facing the wrong team with the wrong quarterback and the wrong receiving group and the wrong pick caller at the wrong time you mentioned Diggs 100 catches only averaging 11.7 per per uh, catch along of 49 
Uh, so five touchdowns. Beasley, I think he's going to be a big problem out of the slot where he'll likely be covered by Will Parks. 71 catches. Now I'll give you one other name, Gabriel Davis, the rookie from UCF. He actually leads the Bills in touchdowns with six. He's averaging nearly 16 yards per catch. So you have those three guys. You have Dawson Knox, the tight end. You have Devin Singletary catching 32 passes out of the backfield. And then you have Josh Allen as a dual threat guy. He's got 28 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Um, it's a very you know good Buffalo offense if they can protect Allen. And because Diggs right now, just watching the Pittsburgh game, he's such a smart player in terms of zone defense. He'll just run his route, pick out the pocket, and sit there. And then he'll do some stuff after the catch. So um, I, I think this Buffalo offense is coming along pretty good right now. And if the Broncos are totally healthy on defense, this would be a great matchup. But I think no Callahan, who you probably would have played against Beasley, no St. Bassey, uh, no Boye, and then even your depth with Dawson and Tolliver is, I mean, this is going to be a, a tough, tough task for this Bronco defense. Yeah, and a quick learning curve for Will Parks to reassimilate there at that nickelback position, especially after Bassey went down with the season-ending injury. So, a uh, tough task there, but hey, as Drew Locke likes to say, Broncos got some real good players too, especially on their offensive side of the ball. Jerry Judy, he's had three consecutive pretty quiet games, uh, after one of which after he, he tweeted, at least I got my conditioning in. And uh, quickly deleted that, but coaches had no problem with that seemingly. And then, hey, how about K.J. Hamler going off for his first multi-touchdown game uh, in Carolina? And that was a big spark for Denver. Is there enough room in this offense for both these rookies to not only continue to grow over these last few games and, and start to come into their own, but then find, uh, find really find their groove in 2021 and beyond? Well, you know, our columnist Mark Kisla and I debated this earlier in the week, and I think there's going to be enough touches for K.J. Hamler to stay healthy because he is going to be a very good gadget guy. He's going to run some deep shots. He's going to uh, get some jet sweeps, some quick slants, whatever. Cortland Sutton is going to be their number one soon he comes back from his ACL, so he's going to get, I think he'll have 85 to 90 catches if he stays healthy next year. Noah Fant, they're going to take care of him as a first-round tight end. He leads the team and catches this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how Jerry Judy develops when Sutton comes back. I think it's going to help him because Sutton will attract attention. That means Judy may go against more man coverage, no over-the-top help from the safety, and then I KJ will be a, an impact player as well. So um, how Judy finishes the season is going to be pretty interesting because, as you said, he has been quiet the last three games. First and Orange podcast, sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Head to sportsbetting.com slash post for a new player offer, 100% risk-free week of betting up to $1,000. And we will close the show with some optimism here, Broncos country. A little roadmap to an upset win to get to move to 6-8 and eight and keep their hopes alive of not posting a fourth consecutive losing season. I'll start by saying probably needs to begin with making some moves defensively in the red zone. Broncos, top-ranked red zone defense, but they're also facing a guy in Josh Allen who has been basically perfect in the red zone. No career interceptions. He's also thrown 19 touchdowns in the red zone this year. So got to force an error, got to force a mistake, maybe two even, against this very potent Bills defense to swing some momentum and Give the Broncos a chance, I think, at the upset. Yeah, they got they got to force a takeaway or two, and the Bills haven't been turning it over that much, and the Broncos haven't been creating takeaways that much. But you mentioned the red zone; I think that's a key. 
Broncos first in the league defensively. The Bills are 18th, which I thought they'd be a little higher because of those Josh Allen numbers that you alluded to earlier. And they're averaging you know 27 points a game, which is in the top 10 of the league. Which means they're having a lot of red zone chances. Um, on offense, if I'm Drew Locke, you know, there's one thing Pat Shermer stressed several times during his media availability on Thursday is they think if Drew if Drew Locke doesn't turn over, they think he has enough skill and they have enough plays to compete every week. That's probably true, but uh, you know, pick up where you left off last week by playing smart. The offensive line's playing well. Continue to block it up. Uh, but I just I just think this is uh, you know not a great matchup against the team that's rolling right now. So I think the Bills are going to cover. I think they win around thirty to twenty. I also got the Bills covering, and of course, folks, you can check out our full Sunday section or Saturday section, as it were, this week with our complete previews and columnist predictions as well at denverpost.com slash Broncos and hopefully on your driveway on Saturday. So this has been the First in Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. Appreciate you tuning in to today's show. Remember to head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team throughout the rest of 2020 and into the offseason. Until next time, folks, take it easy.